Well, we've been going through uh, the book of, uh, of the life of David, and so today we're going to be looking in 2 Samuel chapter 5, so I'll get you to go ahead and turn there if you would. We'll be on the screen here also in just a few minutes. Uh, but we've been going through this life of David for a, few, for a couple of months now, I guess. We lose track of time. And we've been talking about boldly forward for his glory. This whole year, uh, the theme of this year is for his glory, for the glory of God. But thinking about David and how he went boldly forward and how we as believers also are to be going boldly forward and how we're to be moving forward in our faith. We're not to stay the same. We're constantly be moving forward in our faith. And God shapes us and changes us and works in us and teaches us all along this journey. And so today as we come to 2 Samuel 5, we find the idea of forward following. And we follow a lot of things today. There's a lot of following that goes on in our lives. We follow recipes. We follow the rules. We follow the signs. We follow GPS. Praise God for GPS. Amen. I'm so thankful for that technology that has been made. And just this week while, uh, past, uh, while I was uh, in uh, Quebec and Andy Coon uh, was with me and uh, some other folks from our missions team went up to Quebec uh, to visit with Jean-Marc and Myra and their four children. And by the way, they send their love back to you. Uh, if I could give you a big Jean-Marc smile, I would, but I can't do it nearly as good as he can. Uh, but he sends his love to you guys. Anyway, when we left, we flew into Montreal, and then uh, to get to Montreal over to Sherbrooke, I couldn't get it in my phone quick enough to figure out how to get to, to there. So praise God for GPS, amen, that helps us get in all these different directions. So we follow these things. We follow the signs. We follow directions. We follow the trends sometimes, follow the culture. We hear that we're supposed to follow your heart. We hear that quite often. People follow others on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. There's a lot of following that takes place. We, follow, we typically follow what others are doing, what others are saying, and what people are living. But to be a forward follower, so that we're following in our faith, so that faith is moving us forward, we need to make sure that we're truly following the right things, but more importantly than following the right things, we need to make sure that we're following the right person. Amen? I mean, if I want to go in the right direction, if I want, to, I want to get messed up and go the wrong way, I want to make sure that I'm following the right person. And I want to follow somebody who is not going to get it wrong. And so I want to follow the one who has all the answers. And we know who that is. As being faithful followers of Jesus, we know that he's the one who has all the answers. And he is never wrong. He will never steer us in the wrong direction. Amen? You know, sometimes as we're going along, GPS is a wonderful technology, but every once in a while, that lady that's in that box, she gets something wrong with her head. She thinks you're on another road, or you're on a bridge, and you're actually underneath the bridge, or one of the things, and she is not always exactly right. So even though I am so thankful for GPS, you still got to watch, because it could be wrong. I get a witness there? But as we're following the Lord, friends, you never have to question Him. He always knows what he's doing. He is never wrong. He's always right. And his ways are perfect. Amen? We know that. And so as we think here about David this morning, we're going to see that David is following the Lord. Now, as we know David, and you, you know the stories of David, and we had not gotten all the way through yet. We just got you know, a little bit left in, in this series but what we found already is that David's not perfect, and there are times when he messes up, and there are times when he, he gets it right. And we've seen that in the past a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. But, but here we find that in today's passage scripture, in 2 Samuel 5, that he's getting it right. 
He is following the Lord. There are times when he doesn't, but, and when he doesn't follow the Lord, he gets in trouble, and he messes up, and we find that's what happens with us too. When we don't follow the Lord, when we're, we're not listening to the guidance of God, then we mess up. But when we are, when we're following him, it doesn't mean that things are always going to be easy, but at least we know we're in the will of God. We're following him. And so we need to figure out, how, what does that look like? And why are we supposed to do that? So let's look at that here in just a minute. So we're going to see in the scripture that David and the Israelites do follow the Lord. So in honor and reverence to the word of God, if you'd please stand as I read 2 Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 and then go start, skip over to verse 17 and follow to the end of the, to, to verse 25. Verses 1 through 5, 2 Samuel 5. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and, and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh also in time past when Saul was king over us. You were the one who led Israel out and brought them in, and the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 40 years. In Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. In Jerusalem he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. Skip over to verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. And the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal, Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal, Perazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Well, then the Philistines came up, went up uh, uh, once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Ephraim. And therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up. But circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be that when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Gibeah or Gibeon as far as Gezer. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you and praise you for the reading of your word. Lord, may you just speak to us this morning to hear what we need to hear, what we need to understand Lord, we pray that you would have your way in all of our hearts and our lives, Lord, to challenge us to be the people of God, Lord, to learn from you, to listen to your voice, to love you more. I pray, Father, that you would be with us. If there are those here today that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives, that you would work in hearts and lives to draw people to yourself. Lord, you alone are worthy of our worship and praise, and we pray that as we uh, are, those of us who are Christians, that you would challenge us and stir us and guide us, Lord, to be more like you, to worship you as we should, but to, to live for you and to have a passion for you as we should as well. Lord, how we love you and thank you for your faithfulness. We pray, Lord, that you would have your way in every heart and life and use the word to speak to us. Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, you see in the bulletin you have an outline for today's message. It's three points, and I am very well aware of the time, by the way, just so you know. So no sweat. We'll get there. Uh, but one of the things we want to see here, the three points, the first thing that we find as we're looking at this passage of Scripture of forward following is that guidance is sought. 
Guidance is sought. We see that in the life of David. But before we dive into this chapter, I want to give you a little bit of background because indeed what we have done is we have fast-forwarded quite a bit uh, from where we were last week to where we are today. If you remember last week and a couple weeks, a uh, uh, week before that, where we talked about being in the university of adversity when David uh, was not really following the Lord at that time, or not like he was supposed to, and he had to deal with some of the struggles and adversity. And then last week where Saul comes into this, to the cave, uh, and David was, is in there, and he could have killed him, but he didn't. He's merciful to him, and how we learned how we're to be merciful to others. And so we're fast-forwarding a little bit, and what we find here, as we find the chapters in the interim between here, is that uh, Saul, at the end of what we talked about last time, Saul said, you're going to be the king. I shouldn't have done, you know, I shouldn't have been so bad to you, uh, and uh, you're, you're, you're the guy. But Saul keeps on pursuing David anyway as you'll find in those chapters. And David also had opportunities to kill Saul, uh, but chose not to. And Saul continues over the time period, he continues to get more and more paranoid. He continues to pursue David to kill him. And then ultimately, in a battle with the Philistines, Saul and some of his sons are killed in that battle. And when that happens, what we find, what we found in David, is that David mourns for Saul, and he mourns for Saul's sons. And not long after that, David is, is uh, uh, made, becomes the king of Judah, uh, while the son of Saul becomes the king over Israel, the son of Saul by the name of Ishbosheth. Uh, you got to love that, Ishbosheth. And I'm not going to say that, but one more time, all right? And so after seven and a half years of Ishbosheth being the king of Israel, he also is murdered. And so now the elders come together, and here in 2 Samuel chapter 5, realizing that David is the king and should be the king. They've known that all along, by the way. And so, but now, David, they anoint him to be the king. As king, David conquers the city of Jerusalem, which is between Judah and Israel, and he makes that the capital city, the city of David in Jerusalem. And once he becomes king over all of Israel, the Philistines come against him now. Now, they act fairly quickly once he's king so as a tactic because they want to try to overthrow him before he gets established. So the Philistines are coming against David and over all of Israel. He is the new king. And David hears that the Philistines are coming. He hears that they are on their way. And he has dealt with these guys before. He knows what to expect in the Philistines. But now understand, now David... Boy, he has been through a lot in his lifetime already. Boy, he has been through a lot with Goliath. He's been through a lot with taking care of those sheep in the pastures. He's been through a lot with Saul, who's thrown spears at him, who's, who's pursued him, who's hunted him, who's trying diligently to destroy him. He has dealt with a lot, and with these Philistines as well. He's been in battles with these Philistines. And so he has seen much in his lifetime already. But David now is the most important man in the nation. He's the most important man. He is the king over all of Judah and Israel. Israel together as one nation. He is king over them. He's been the shepherd. He's been a warrior. And now he is a king. So he hears that the Philistines are coming. So what do you think he's going to do? Man, he's the king. He's the warrior. He knows what he needs to do. He should just go out and defeat them because he has this power. He has people who are following him. That's not what he does. Immediately, what he does is he inquires of the Lord. The Philistines are coming against him. And so we find here in verse 18 and 19 that it tells us what he does. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Verse 19, 
So David inquired of the Lord. And so he's asking of the Lord. He says, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? He asks of God. Even though David has been through so much and he has seen so much and he is the most powerful man in their nation, anybody could look at him and say he knows what to do, but instead of just jumping on that, he does what's important and he places himself in the lowly place, revealing that he is not dependent upon his own wisdom, but he is depending on the Lord and he inquires of the Lord, is this what you want me to do? Will, do shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? He is dependent upon the Lord. He knows it's not about him, but it's all about the Lord. Amen? And so, beloved, as we inquire of the Lord, that's the thing that we always must remember, is that this life in which we are living is never about us. It's always about the Lord. You are created here with a purpose and with a plan that God has for you, but you are to be here and you are here For his glory, not yours. Everything about our lives points to the glory of God. When he saves us, it's for his glory. When we serve him, it's for his glory. When we live and when we breathe and when we eat, when we raise our kids, when we go to work, when we live out our lives, it is all for the glory of God. Y'all with me this morning? It's all for his glory. And so we find that David here, the most important man of the nation, who's been through so much, who's been anointed by God, He still inquires of the Lord, what do you want me to do? The king, the anointed, the slayer of giants, he asks, he inquires, he prays. David inquires. You have to ask, do we do that? All throughout the scripture, we find examples of people who pray, who inquire of the Lord. We find that in Moses, who asked the Lord, Lord, show me your way. We find that in Joshua how he needed the Lord's guidance throughout all of of leading the people into the promised land. And we find as you go through the life of Joshua that as as long as they kept their eyes on the Lord and did what the Lord wanted them to do, they were okay. But when they took their eyes off of him and they did not seek the counsel of God, even in ways they thought this was a simple task, they fell flat on their faces. Then Jehoshaphat, you remember him and all the people of Judah sought the Lord when the Moabites and the Ammonites, they came against them. We think about the end of the Babylonian captivity as the children of Israel returned. Then Ezra tells us here that he proclaimed a fast in the book of Ezra so that he says we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and for our little ones. Nehemiah, we know the king's cupbearer. Well, he, he prayed seeking the Lord before he seeks the king's favor to go and rebuild the walls. Over and over again through scripture, people are showing us here how it's important for us to inquire of the Lord. David in the Psalms inquires the Lord when he says these words in Psalm 143.10. He says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. We find in the book of Daniel even, after the king there had decreed that no one could pray to any gods but to the king himself, or they'd be thrown into the lion's den. Well, what did old Daniel do? Well, Daniel went home and went to his upper room threw the windows wide open toward Jerusalem, and he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom, the Bible says. He inquired of the Lord. Even the king couldn't keep him from praying. We know throughout the scriptures the prophets prayed. They sought the Lord in the New Testament over and over again. We see examples of praying, seeking guidance, deliverance, and wisdom, along with exhortations and the commands to pray, even to pray without ceasing. And we know that the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to
to pray. It was important for Jesus to pray. It was important for Jesus to inquire of the Lord. It was important for him to pray, spending time with the Father. So, beloved, let me ask you a question. If, if David inquired of the Lord, and all these throughout the Scripture inquired of the Lord, even Jesus spent time in prayer, who is it that we think that we are that we're too good to spend time with God? Amen? That we think we know the direction better than God Almighty. We need to be spending time with Him. Jesus teaches us to pray and how to ask. He says in Luke 11, let me turn there in my Bible, Luke 11, chapter chapter 11, reading verse 9 and going through to verse 12. He says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. He's saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for, for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? He said, look, you need to ask, keep on asking, keep on seeking. But it's more than just the asking, it's more than the seeking, it's more than the knocking. As you, do, as you go to him, you are going to him as a child goes to his father. When we pray, when we're inquiring of the Lord, we go to him as a child goes to his father. You see, we have been given the privilege of being children of the father, amen? Not because of any good thing in which you have done, but what Jesus has done for you. We have the privilege to be able to pray. We have the privilege to be able to inquire of him because of what God has done through Jesus, our Savior, and that we now, we now have the privilege to go to our Father and ask for the bread and to ask for the fish and to ask for the egg. And he's not going to give us the stone. He's not going to give us the serpent. He's not going to give us the scorpion. Well, why not? Because Jesus took those for us. Amen? He took the bad that we deserved, and our Father gives us the good. Amen? That's what we find here. We go to the Father as children, and we inquire of Him. No matter who we are, whether you're in the unemployed line or whether you're sitting as a king of some country, we still go to Him together as the children to our Father. You know, I, I cannot help but to think about when God called us here to Mount Pleasant. And I remember... One of the decisions once you guys called us uh, to pass to be the lead pastor is that we had to then to figure out where we were going to live. Because we lived in a parsonage all our lives, and we really wanted to buy our own home, felt like that's what the Lord wanted us to do. But, but where in the world were we going to buy a house? So that weekend that we were here, we went and drove around Chester and Colonia Heights and all kinds of different places. Brother David back there took us around, bless his heart. He was so kind and gracious and patient with us. And we're driving around, and we're thinking... Have mercy, amen? Where in the world do you plunk down? Where in the world do you buy a house? What's the place to go? Where would God have us and to be? And so that week as we went back home, I mean, just crying out to God. I was praying one morning, uh, walking on the treadmill and just praying during that time and praying, said, Lord, please just... I have no clue what you want us to do by way of where you want us to live or, or even where our kids are going to go to school. Lord, you have got to just give us direction and give us guidance as to what it is you want us to do and where you want us to be. And when I finished praying, uh, uh, the tears were just rolling down my face. Just, Lord, I, I, I just don't know. 
And every morning I read the scriptures after I pray. And that morning, my scripture reading was in Psalm 127. And as I got off that treadmill and sat down at the table and opened up my Bible to Psalms and opened to Psalm 127, these are the words that were written in the Psalms, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. For it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow. So he gives his beloved sleep. You see, when I opened up the word of God to Psalms 127, the Lord did not say, open your map and point to Chester. (laughs) He didn't do that. No, he was telling me as I opened up the word to that, he was saying, look, I know you. And I know what's happening in your life. And here is this passage of scripture that just so happens to be on this day as you cry out to me to say, look, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Trust me. I've got this. Amen? And then if that was not enough, the very next word is I'm praying not only for a word to where my, the house is going to be, but also where are my kids going to go to school? Lord, they got to go to the right place. I just want you to be, want them to be wherever you want them to be. And verse 3 is, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Boy, I was really blubbering at this point. Amen? And Lord, you have spoken to me and said, I care about where you're going to live. I care about where your children are going to go to school far more than you do. So you see, friends, as we inquire of the Lord, the Lord may not give us a direct answer as to where it is that he wants us to be or or not to go to Chester or to Colonial Heights or to this school at that moment. But as we inquire of him and we open the Bible and we listen to him, we listen and we learn and we understand that our God loves us. And he is with us. And he will walk with us. And then later he gave us guidance about where the house would be. And he gave us guidance about what school he wanted us to send to the kid, send the kids to. You know, he is faithful to, to answer as we go to him. Someone said, well, this was David and you're the preacher. You're supposed to do that sort of thing. Yeah, we are. But so are you, amen? We're children of God. We're followers of the Lord, and we want to follow Him, not our wisdom. We want to follow His wisdom. Well, why do I want to follow God? Because He's God, amen? He is the only God, the one true living God. He wants us to come to Him. He tells us to come to Him. And so we must spend time with Him. We desire to do that because we don't want to trust in our own wisdom, We want to trust in the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of the social media or the wisdom of the news media or the wisdom of politicians. We want to trust the wisdom of the one who knows, the one who is, the one who is before us and with us and who will come behind us, the one who knows the way, amen? That's the one we want to listen to and listen to his wisdom. We should be more than just involving him in occasional decisions that we make. No, the Lord must be involved in every part of our lives every day. Asking him. David inquired of the Lord. He, guidance was sought. And then secondly, guidance is specified. We find in 2 Samuel again that after David asked, the Lord answered. Imagine that. David asked, God answered. 
It tells us here, we find there in verse 19, that it tells us that the Lord said to David, Go up, for I would doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. You go, I'm going to take care of this. Then later, when the Philistines come again, the Lord says to David, in verse 23, You shall not go up, but circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching and tops of the mulberry trees, that then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. So the Lord, so David asked both times, even though it was a, the same enemy in the same valley, is the same Lord, he still asked the Lord both times, what do you want me to do? And here's the thing, is that God gave him a different answer than he did the first time. Now there's a good theological answer to that, why God did that, and here it is. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why God gave him a, a different answer. But that's the way God is. He's God. And he has a purpose for that. You know, in this one, in the latter part of this, David has to wait for the, to the sound of the, of the mulberry trees or the balsam trees, whatever those trees were, that are the, the sound of the tops of the leaves moving. David had to wait before he would go. Maybe God was working more on his patience. I don't know. But God always has a purpose and a plan as he answers. You know, sometimes we think, you know, as we go through situations, I got this, God. I got this. You know, I've been down this road before. I got this kind of experience. You know, I got this degree or whatever it may be. I've made my name in this situation. No, I, I got this, God. But sometimes we need to understand that the Lord's plans are not our plans. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone the wrong way on a one-way street? Now, I'm not going to tell you that I've ever been there. And if I have, I'm still not going to tell you if I've ever done that or not. But I suspect that if you went down the wrong way on a one-way street, that it would be very distressing, very uncomfortable, and even dangerous. Amen? Well, beloved, listen. When we think that we know the way without asking the Lord then we are finding ourselves in the very same predicament, going the wrong way on a one-way street. We need to ask him because he answers and he gives direction. Well, I got that, preacher, but how can I hear him answer? How can I know what God is saying? Well, you want to know? Do y'all want to know how to hear when God is speaking? Would you like to know that? Well, good. I sure am glad because I got it right here. All right? Here's how we know what God is saying. Here's how we can hear His voice. It comes through the relationship that you have with Him that is real and personal, that is ongoing and is sincere, that is spending time with Him and abiding and dwelling in Him because He guides us as we are His children through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And the more time we spend with Him, the more we, are, we will recognize His voice. Amen? He speaks to us through His Spirit. He speaks to us through His Word. In John 16, 13, the Lord tells us about the Spirit. He says, whenever He, the Spirit of truth, has come, and by the way, He has come at Pentecost, when He has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He speaks... Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will guide you into all truth, Jesus says. He gives us guidance. And here's the other thing, beloved, is that as you hear from God, as you spend time in prayer listening, you should also be in the Word of God reading and hearing what God has to say there as well. 
Because the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are never opposed to each other. He will give us guidance and it will always align with His Word. Because here's the thing, God's Word is true. Amen? God's Word is true. You can count on it, you can have confidence in it. It is real, it is true. That Scripture acts as a torch, it acts as a lantern, as a spotlight that shines in this dark world, and we are to live by its light until Jesus returns. But the, His Word is sure, and it will never lead me to sin. God's Word will never lead me to sin, but it will rather expose my sin. And so if I want to know what God wants me to do, I'm going to have the Word of God that I'm going to be reading, but also I'm going to be praying and speaking to Him, and then I'm going to be watching to see where God is working. Having eyes to see and ears to hear. I want to know, I want to see, God, how are you speaking to me today through your word, through your spirit? As I, as I see things, the spirit things, I sense that in my spirit as I have a relationship with him. Y'all with me this morning? It, you can't just pop and here it is. No, you have to have a relationship with the Lord. Walking with him and talking with him. And then as he speaks, you test it by the word of God. So listen, as we are seeking guidance from the Lord... Every day, and I understand this is an everyday thing. We don't wait for just some, something to happen in our lives when the Philistines are coming against us. No. Every day of our lives, we're seeking guidance from the Lord. Amen? Every day of our lives, we're seeking His guidance to live for Him, to be more like Him. And as we're seeking this guidance from Him, the Spirit of God and the Word of God never will be in opposition to each other. So understand that the Spirit will never say to you, cheat on your taxes. The Spirit of God will never say to you, be sexually immoral. The Spirit of God will never say to you, overwork at the expense of your children. The Holy Spirit of God will never say, sacrifice all your Sundays at church because it's not important to worship together as believers. He'll never say that because it will not go against the Word of God. Now, as believers seeking direction and guidance from the Lord in every decision and every aspect of our lives, what must we do then? How can we know? How can you hear? It comes from abiding in Him, growing that relationship, cultivating that relationship with Him, listening for His voice, watching where He's working, and as the Holy Spirit is in you, He will guide you into all truth, and then you test it by the Word of God. Beloved, listen. God speaks. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? He answers and he gives guidance. But do we really want his direction? You see, listen. He is more willing to give us direction than we are willing to ask for it. Amen? And that's so true, isn't it? Man, we just go throughout our days live our lives out because we got this. No, let's seek direction because it's not about us. It's all about Him and we want to live our lives for His glory. Forward following is not following my agenda or following my will. It's about following Him. And Jesus tells us to truly be His disciples. We deny ourselves. We take up the cross. We follow him. So guidance is sought, we ask, guidance is specified, and he answers. And then thirdly, we step out, but he shines. So what we see here is that when you find what David did here, is that David asked for guidance, God gave him the answer, and what did David do? He did it. He followed through, he obeyed. 
So when, our, when, we, when we ask and he answers, we act. We move. David doesn't say, you know, Lord, I need you. Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord says, yes, go up, for I'll doubtless deliver the Philistines in your hand. And then David say, nah, I don't think I like this plan. I think I'll do this a different way. That's not what we do. That's not what he did. No, we do whatever God says. Amen? According to his word, as the Holy Spirit leads us as well. Tested by the word, we move forward. David believed God, he obeyed God, he acted upon what he knew. He trusted the Lord to be Lord, knowing that he knows the right way and that he knows what's to do. And as David follows his direction, the Lord then shines as to what he, the Lord, has done. So when we are obedient to God, we're used as his instruments, we're blessed by being faithful to the Lord, but God gets the glory. He's the one who shines in all of these things. We do what he wants. We find that here that you know, God gets the glory in these verses here in verses 20 and 21 where uh, even uh, David says, the Lord is, has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough water. And he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And even they routed those Philistines so much that they left their, their false gods, their idols, their images there. And David and his men carried them away and Chronicles tells us that they went and burned them. And then also we find the same thing here where, it, where God says you shall not go up and circle around behind them, come upon them in the front of the mulberry trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. The Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded, and he drove back the Philistines. So God did this work ahead of time. He went ahead of David, but God gets the glory. David was faithful, but God gets the glory. So the victory, listen, the victory always belongs to the Lord. He uses us as instruments, but he's the one who is to be shining, not us. Amen? He's the one who's to be glorified. As we ask and he answers and we obey, he gets the glory. He's the one who breaks through. He's the one who goes out before us. Because he is God. Here's the questions this morning. How long? This is not the question. I got that coming in a minute, all right? But here's another one. He's the one who breaks through. He's the one who goes out before us. How long before you will follow him? How long before you'll yield to what it is that he desires for you to do? You know, what is it that God's been calling you to do? What is it that he's been dealing with you about, but you've, you've not surrendered to his lordship in some matter? Beloved, are you spending time with the Lord? Are you inquiring with him? Are you inquiring of him? Are you praying to him? Are you spending time with him, seeking his guidance, seeking his direction? Are we not seeking that out? Are we not living that out every day? Are you waiting on something? What's taking so long? I mean, what's, what's taking so long? We know we need to do this. There's something within us that draws us and lets us know that we need to be spending time with our creator. There is that yearning within us to spend time with our God. And yet sometimes we just get so busy in the fast pace of life, we get up with our feet on the ground and get to the mirror and comb our hair and off we go until we crash at the end of the day. Maybe a quick blessing here, quick something there, but spending time with God, inquiring of Him, not only in the morning but throughout all of our day. What are we waiting for? You know, when you think about 2 Samuel 5 and the very first part of this, we really hadn't touched that, but the Israelites, I'm not going to read all this either, but the Israelites, 
you know, they finally came around to, to anointing David the king. It took them seven and a half years of following the wrong leader. You know, even though they knew that God had anointed David, they still allowed Saul's son to be the king over them. But now, seven and a half years later, as Ishbosheth is dead, they finally get it. David's the Lord's anointed. And as David, as the king over Judah and Israel, boy, he proves himself to be one of the strongest leaders, if not ever. As you think about these Israelites who had Saul's son to be their leader for those seven and a half years, you have to wonder if they had just obeyed the Lord's direction, they, had, they would have not have wasted seven and a half years. Wasted it. Beloved, how much time, listen, how much time have we wasted following the wrong things or the wrong people? Wasted time. Forward following realizes that we must seek the guidance of God through the Lord Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit lives within us and follow His path, be on His, do His will, His way. And we do so because we realize that He is God and I am not. That He is the one who is at work all around us. He is not sitting up on a throne high up there somewhere in this, on this cloud looking down and saying, hey, let those guys do what they want to do. No, God is at work all around us all the time. You don't believe that? Hey, you just go visit some of these church planters, let me tell you. Go and visit Jean Marc and Mauer, and I hope some of you will do that come this summer and hear what God has been doing there in their lives in the church. Look around us and see what God has been doing in the lives of people around us. He is at work, friends, amen? And as we see that, that gives us such great hope. And as we know that he's at work, he is the warrior who goes before us, who defeats our enemy, the devil. He is the one who is worthy of all of our worship and the one who walks with us. And so we ask, and he answers, and we act. He guides, and we go. He says, and we surrender. He is omniscient and omnipresent, and we are obedient. He is the one who directs, and we do. He leads, and we let him. He points, and we pounce. He teaches, and we trail. He empowers, and we embrace. He advances, and we stand in awe as he invites and instructs us, and we are simply his instruments, but he gets all the glory. Let's inquire of the Lord and be forward followers, listening to him and following him in everything always. Yes, David messes up on more than one occasion. But that happens when it, it comes from him not inquiring of the Lord and following him. When that describes us, when we're not following the Lord, we also mess up. But God is gracious. He calls us to himself. Sometimes there's discipline. Usually there is. To get us back on that path and we repent. We come back to following him. So here's the one question. Here's the one question I have for you. Not a to-do list, but a one question. Here's the one question. Who are you following? Who are you following? We're all following somebody. Who are you following? Make sure that you're following the one who has all the answers and who is never wrong.
His name is Jesus. Amen? Follow Him. And by that following, are you asking? And if you're asking, are you listening? And as you're listening, then are you acting? And as you follow through and obey, then are you in awe of what God has done? You know, I love this passage of Scripture to think about how David was coming against the Philistines and God said, look, don't go up against them, but go down behind them and sneak through those trees. And then as you hear the leaves that are rustling in the top of those trees, you'll know that it's me. That's what he's saying here. And then you go. Wouldn't you love to hear the rustling in the tops of those trees now? To hear God is moving ahead of us. Beloved, he is. Let's seek the mind of God. Let's seek him out and inquire of him. Lord, how can we be used for your glory? That the enemy can be defeated. And we can advance your kingdom, not only here, but around the world. Let's ask. Wait for him to answer. And then act as he leads. Let's pray. Father... We pray that you'd have your way in our hearts and lives. If there are those here today who, who have not trusted you as Savior, we pray that even at this moment they would recognize that we're all sinners in need of a Savior, that we just need to turn from that sin and turn to you in humble repentance, believing that you are the Son of God. There is no other. That you came, you died for us on a cross, you rose again bodily from the grave. You are the one who's given us hope. And we profess you as the Lord and Savior of our lives. And through that, we have taken that step of faith. We know Jesus as Savior and Lord. If there are those who have never done that, we pray that this would be that hour. For those of us who are your people, Father, may you have challenged us and, and worked in our hearts that we would be about your business of constantly and consistently inquiring of you as to the directions in which we need to go, guidance not only in the big events of life, but in every decision that must be made throughout the entirety of our days, that you would walk with us as your children. And we're able to come to you as our Father because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And say, Lord, just walk with me. and Guide me through this day. Let me say the things that I need to say. Let me speak in my family the way that I need to speak. Let me make the decisions that I need to make. Help me be a witness at my work and at school and the marketplace. Lord, let my, let my countenance glow Jesus. Lord, I cannot do this on my own, and I don't want to do this on my own, but I depend upon you. And Lord, I am desperate for you because I am nothing apart from you. So Lord, each of us today, we confess that before you. Say, Lord, help us. Guide us. Hear our prayer. And help us to be obedient in everything you call us to do. Not for our glory, but for yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.